Howdy, and welcome to the Three Stride Podcast, where we take a humorous look at the equestrian world. Here are your hosts, Laura Fernandez, Julia Hansen, and Molly Heroy. Giddy up! Hello, and welcome to the Three Stride Podcast. You can follow us on social at the Three Strike Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I am Laura. Hi, Julia. I'm Molly. And again, another good intro. Um, <laughs> it did take us a moment to get here today. There was actually a little bit of a gas leak in the building, but so we had to postpone an hour. But you know what? That's show business. That That's is showbiz, show baby. Yeah, showbiz. You know, Julia has quite the little dilemma going on right now. So, Julia, you have two horses. Yes. Pico. Pico de Gallo, my heart horse forever. My kids will ride Tried them. and true. And then you have Uno. Yes. Uno is... Spicy this, little dragon. Yes. This next level horse. Julia is yes. trying to figure out how to keep him. Yes. Let's give a little bit of background on Uno. Three years ago, my sister, she rides. She actually imported him to be her Grand Prix horse. That was her dream. Uno is out of Dorado. Great stallion. Uno is can jump the moon. He's super cool. A little quirky, a little spicy. Anyways, she took him to California. Things didn't work out, whatever. She's paused from riding currently, so I took him over as a very random project for myself. He would be probably the last choice in horse I would ever have. And, you know, he's given to me, so I'm like, cool, let's let's work through it. Love him now. He's great. He's taught me a bunch. And so, you know, as we've grown together and formed this bond, I'm like, okay, how do I find a way to keep this super cool horse I've had now for a year? Also, I will never get rid of Pico. That's my 100% guy, mm-hmm. like forever. In this dilemma of figuring out, I'm 25 years old, I'm planning a wedding, I'm going to be married and family and all this stuff, mm-hmm. just starting my career. So, you know, I'm really trying to find a way to make it work. And I've been super blessed to be able to grow up in this sport and not really have a big idea how much this truly costs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I'm kind of like, wow, first off, thank you, mom and dad, from the bottom of my heart for all this, because this is crazy. And now I'm like, how do I make it work? I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I had a little bit of different upbringing. I had to do everything on my own. And so I'm always of this mindset. Now, granted, I am 39. (laughs) I'm in a different part in my life. But I have always had this mindset of, okay, if I want to do horses, I've been personally working since I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, I started selling like fruit on the side of the road. That was my Laura first had job. A fruit stand. I had a fruit stand. Well, no, I worked actually, so grew up in Pennsylvania. So I grew up and worked on a fruit stand. But uh, but that was my first job. I was 12, 13 years old. What kind of fruit old. are we I, was, I'm like, oh, I love organic only. For organic. No, was it like apples? I feel like you were it an apple was, girl. No, strawberries. Oh, because I oh. would eat the strawberries and I would always get red in the face. That's big business. Oh, yeah. Strawberries. That's big bi- strawberries. But I had in the back of my mind, okay, I was, I grew up 
in a different way with the equestrian world is that I would take lessons. I never had my own horse. I just rode, had to pay for the lessons. So be it. I was definitely more interested in my social life growing up. So I wasn't as into horses as I am today. But after JC and I got married, because we got married when I was 25, Mm -hmm. I was at a spin class and I was like, oh, you know what? This is not working for me. I need some kind of other outlet. My mom was like, you need to start riding again. And Prior to that, when I went to college, I was broadcast journalism major, wanted to be a TV reporter, realized that wasn't going to make the money that I needed because Mm -hmm. eventually I wanted to ride horses. So that's why I got into sales Mm -hmm. because I've always had that mindset of I won't have someone to to support me. So I got to figure out what kind of career. And that's where I think that you can go different routes with affording to do this. You either get into the sport, I feel like. As a professional. As a professional. Which is hard and horrible. Yeah. Almost every way. Or you work and you do, you know, you you get that career. And that's the thing. You're starting out. You're already crushing it. You're working in advertising. You have that great start. And then I think it's side hustles. You got to figure out other avenues to make money to then be able to afford it. Molly did bring up a really good point that I never even thought of. Again, I'm not very um, knowledgeable when it comes to finances. Um, That's (laughs) but that's for another topic. But you could do a loan. Is that legit? Do people take out loans to buy horses? People do it all the time. Parents do it for their kids. People pull equity out of their houses. People oh, do I do know someone that did that. All kinds of stuff to do this. Disclaimer, I highly do not recommend going into debt for a horse. It's not a good idea. You may just be in a position like most people are. You're lucky that you made it to 25. Most people At college age, the parents are like, yeah, you know what? Go ahead and go on to school, and then you have to start your career, Yeah, do all those things. That's basically what I did. I had to take a break, work, buy a house, do all these things to set myself up, and then, you know, kind of come back to it after I had kids. And number one, I wasn't working full time, and I started the tax store and all that. My husband was like, yeah, stay home with the kids. That's kind of was always our plan. And... I'm like, hey, so if you've got the bills and I've got this business and I'm going to the horse show and selling helmets and boots with a baby strapped to me, I'm good to go with that money, right? And he was like, yeah, whatever. And so that's how I ended up being able to to get back into it and you know, yeah. kind of combine it with work and pleasure because it's hard. It's hard to not only scrape up the money to buy a horse, which I'm always having to kind of be on the rollover plan is, you know, buy a young one, train it up, sell it by the next young one. But the monthly is wild. I could have, and it's something I struggle with. I could have a cabin in the mountains where I can be like making some amazing family memories and like a whole nother mortgage or investing this. I would have a really hard time with it if I couldn't justify it and spin it in a way where for my business to succeed, I have to be immersed in it. But I also think it's for you to succeed. And I think that it's with riding, I I get a little tired of all the memes of, you know, riding makes you poor and riding does this <laughs> and riding. And I, I get all of that, but I also am of the believer it provides us so much more than um, it, it provides for me, the source of comfort, happiness. If someone did say you could have multiple vacation homes or you could have a horse, I'm always going to go the horse route. So it's like, I do get tired of that negative connotation of riding makes you poor because, you know, screw it. It doesn't really make us 
poor because it makes us feel as rich cliche. in spirit. Oh, yeah, I said it. <laughs> rich in spirit. Sue me. I know. Well, but, and it helps give you motivation to want to succeed yes, and, and work make hard. And that's the thing. Yeah. Jay, like I have seen just, I mean, I have known you since you have been 12 years old. And growing and, up in the sport. Yes. Yeah. And, but I, I never have seen more hustle and drive from you. It's yeah. like you are always looking at, okay, how can I not only better myself with my riding, but how can I better myself with my career? How are some other avenues that I can take on that can actually like bring me some more money? So you're thinking about, you're not just sitting back and being like, you know what? Hopefully someone's going <laughs> to give me like... Someone's just going to give me give me some money. Give me some money because... Because that's another thing that always gets me. I will tell you when I hear someone say, um, and now this is such like a female thing. When I hear someone say, you know what? I just got to find a rich dude. Just got to find a rich I would rather stab my eyes out than hear someone tell me that. Oh, and the thing is, I will call them out. You know what? No, you don't need to find. And I'm not being like all like. Woman, woman, we're a woman business here with this podcast. Hear me roar. But like. When that is said, it is such a slap in the face as being a female in business and in affording your own horses. Yes. Yeah. Doing it on your own horses. Yes. Why would they even think of saying that? It's just such a slight. But I will say it is common in this sport with how much it does cost for a lot of women. And unfortunately, but a lot of women solely are with men that pay for their entire sport. And they're just like, oh, it's yeah, he doesn't mind. Or, you know, I'm so lucky to have him. I wouldn't be doing any of this without him. But that's those are the same people that never had the mindset of I'm going to hustle and do this for myself. It's I'm going to seek out someone that can give me this versus put in the grunt work. Yeah, it's tough and it's hard and it's not an easy path. And that's why a lot of people have to stop or get a horse that's a little quirky or was injured or, you know, whatever. But if you're truly passionate about it, you make it work for yourself and you rely on yourself to provide that for you. Yes. But that's where you see that big gap. I see it. I have a pretty good idea of what the demographic is out there from working in my store. They're either from age eight to about 18. And then there's a huge gap for like Julia's age. And then you see people, once they're established, once they've kind of got their kids in school, they have more time, more flexibility, all those things kind of come back to it around 30. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I started back riding when I was 25. I rode from loosely from five to, I guess, whenever I went to college. So how old was it? 17, 18. Stopped riding and then got back up after JC and I got married at 25. It's funny because how you get started is um, started doing lessons. Yeah. And then <laughs> then got thrown like, hey, do you want to half lease this That's horse? That's always how it's Half starts. lease a horse. So you start half leasing and then it's all of a sudden you're doing a full lease. And then all of a sudden it's... A full lease out of the barn. Yes. And then, no, I mean, I... I did full lease in bar and then I bought um, oh, Gov, b- right? bought governor and I remember writing that check and it was um, 20,000. I mean, that was the most amount That's of money. A lot of money when you're 25 years old. Yes. Though. Oh, it really I could is. not write that. Like, yeah. I couldn't write that check right now. Yeah, no, but it was so much money. But then I went back into the leasing. That's what I always do recommend, though. We spoke about this other day, leasing before buying. I do think that that is a great thing to do is lease a horse, get comfy with that, and then make the purchase. 
Lease to buy is great if they'll apply all the money. Yeah. I'm saying just lease. See, it depends on your demographic because I do not have, I will have one, you know, when I'm ready for my next one, I will have to sell one and have one egg to spend. Like I cannot blow $30,000 on a six month or a year lease. But you can also do like take, you know, we... I mean, the first lease I had were feed leases. So right, but it depends on what level. I mean, for a feed lease, you're gonna get your, especially in today's climate, that's cross rails. Yeah, it's. I, I think there's still some luck. The thing too is like you would have to really find the perfect little mm-hmm. special, yep. like older. Probably. It would be hard for me. I always am wanting to buy a young one, and I'm fine with a little quirky or spicy or whatever else. But I cannot. It doesn't. I haven't found any way in my mind to make it make sense to blow that. Yeah, I did it for three egg. years. I did lease fee for three years. My thing was like, I still looked at it as like, okay, I'm not having to deal from an injury standpoint if something happens yeah, that's that I true. can You're just protected there. go. But I fall in love with every horse. And that's why Garcon and Contact are my forever horses and I'm never getting rid of them. But you also were investing in like getting comfy again because you had kind of had some had injuries and like confidence yeah, that you were dealing with at that point. You were spending that money and investing in your confidence. Yes. So I think that's, I yep. think every situation, every single person's got to find their own path and it's got to be something that you're absolutely willing to sacrifice and work your ass off for because there's no other way to do it and there's no other way for it to make sense. Yes, I agree. I do think, you know, when you're when you're looking at your first horse, I, I do think that there's some, but there's some things that you need to accomplish before you buy a horse and be able to do on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the number one thing that you should be able to do on your own is tack up your horse. Uh, yes, yes, yes. General care <laughs> should probably be the first yes. box you check yes. when you're getting into when you want to ride yes. a horse. This could go into a whole <laughs> other topic. I was like, there's like definitely like check boxes that you need. to A lot do. of people just skip Some right people over. People will never do it though, you guys. Yeah. And it's yeah. just it's an uphill battle. There's always going to be somebody standing on the mounting block yelling for you know. Like Judy yeah. has a story where she was like, I. All the time now, whenever she like asks me to do something for her, we go back to this story because she watched a lady stand on the mounting block <laughs> waiting for her horse and yell down the barn aisle, one, get my sparkly crop. And so now like whenever Judy's like, hey, can someone grab my water? She's like, one, get my sparkly crop. Like, because it's just, that is like the oh, yeah. epitome of where we're at. And I guarantee uh, you that person, whoever it was, I have no clue who it was, a random person, like at a thousand yeah. person horse show, but I guarantee that person couldn't tack Put it up a halter to, on, to save their life. Yeah. Back to you, Jay, with being able to afford this, because I do think of you and Uno. If uh, you can... If you can imagine, like anyone that's listening, it's you, you do find that horse that you connect with and you click with, and, and it's so just like randomly and not at all my yeah. cup of tea, and I wasn't his at first. That's the thing; you made it work, and you guys are such a great pair. So I think it's really sitting down, looking at your finances, convincing looking, my fiance that yeah, it's maybe okay. Ask your mom for that as like a wedding present. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be paying hey, off my just wedding like debt forever. Sign over that you cancel the wedding. That's what I would do. I, so, we've we've been there. Yeah, so <laughs> you could just pull the plug on that whole operation and put it all towards a horse. Okay, first off, let me just tell just you. Say it. No one people tell you about planning a wedding, but really when you get into it, okay, there I is warned so you. So many people yeah. coming at you. There's everything is so 
expensive, stupid things that I'm like, we don't need that. And everyone's like, oh, you do. I'm like, I don't care. No, you don't. No. You don't need that. No one remembers. You're not going to remember. No. It's, no. it's a waste of money. I, I do. I go back and again, the older and wiser one of this group, <laughs> um, yes. if I would do it again, I would elope. It would just be their immediate family. But that's, again... That's not going to happen for no. for Julia. She's too far down she's this. Deep. We've got five months. Till she's this yeah. Boy. She's deep in. So I do think sitting down with finances, figuring out side hustles, postpone. Um, you know, obviously we're going to be going to the show, so you're going to be like marketing him there. But who's really knows? just mess up showing him? Yeah, no, don't even <laughs> yeah. put it on like Instagram. Like, like, don't terrible. even like Pro Equest out. <laughs> oh yeah, totally post it on Pro Equest. It's just there. pull him out of like a combination. I'm like, whoa, whoa! <laughs> just throw myself off. <laughs> like, do you guys see that terrible horse? Oh, plop down. <laughs> oh no, uh, we're gonna lose our number one fan with this talk. Yeah, Charlene. No. Lynn, Lynn <laughs> My mom's gonna be like, Lewis. "Are you kidding?" She's gonna be like, "That Molly and Laura." She's like, "Thank God I can't call in right now." <laughs> Bad influences. Bad influences. <laughs> um, thank you, and I'm sorry, Lynn Hansen, for. <laughs> All encouraging me per, yeah exactly <laughs> um but thank you for joining and again follow us on our socials